What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Your host, of course, Dave Sturgeo, alongside two of the premier writers of bloggingtheboys.com. We're talking about Aiden Davis and Tony Catalina. Fellas, the Dallas Cowboys get a third straight win under uh, just, just, I mean... I, I, dare I say Hall of Fame quarterback uh, Cooper Rush um, gets the win today, and he's now 3-0 as a starter this year, 4-0 overall, the first Dallas Cowboys quarterback to ever do that. Uh, so that was interesting and fun to see. Uh, but 25-10, they take care of the commanders. The commanders are who we thought they were. Um, there's no uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. There's plenty to get into. First and foremost, uh, on a career, uh, career milestone, I want to give flowers to Tony Catalina for covering that game last night in the world of college football. I got to admit, that was pretty badass to see you out there doing your thing, bro. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was a, definitely a, a surreal moment to be able to be in that media room and uh, do something I've always wanted to do as a kid. So you couldn't want, I mean, you had, you had a chance right there to talk to Jim Mora Jr. Um, and you couldn't have, like drop playoffs in there at all. Just for, uh, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to do it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Drop the ball. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So the Cowboys get the win. Obviously, Aiden. Uh, you know your knee jerk reaction to a win in uh, in the way that they did it. We'll obviously get into the specifics and break it all down here on the podcast. But just overall, your your feeling right now for the as uh, as the Cowboys move to three and one. I mean, hey, after the Buccaneers game, we all knew what we were feeling about this team and the fact that we've won three straight. I'm not going to say that any win at this point, especially a 15 win, a 15 point win, is bad or that i to me this game is played out exactly how i expected it how i would have expected it to with a backup dallas quarterback and a great defense like yes the defense won us the game today cooper rush didn't look spectacular but he got the job done he did what he needed to took advantage of big opportunities did he use airing the ball out at the end so to me it was about what i expected i'd say yeah, we'll get more into the airing out effect uh, in a little bit in a segment I like to call How Can Kellen Moore Fire Himself This Week? Because I was just <laughs> I was on fire on the old Twitter machine uh, with the play calling towards the end there trying to win the game. And, uh, you know, he had plenty of people saying, well, if you would have caught that ball, you would have been singing there. I'm like, no kidding. That's the NFL. Of course, I would have I would have shined down and said he's the greatest offensive coordinator ever. But it didn't work out like that. Anyway, Tony, uh, same thing, man. How you feeling? You know, three and one again. Uh, I read a tweet today from Gelkin uh, right after the game, and it seemed like, you know, this Cowboys team, I'm paraphrasing, the Cowboys team walked off this field three weeks ago uh, with a loss to Tampa Bay, uh, a broken thumb or whatever exactly the injury was with Dak, two, uh, you know, more key stars hurt. Um, and three weeks later, it's a three and one Dallas Cowboys team, Dak on the way back. Like, how do you feel right now? Like, we obviously all picked 
the Cowboys to win this game, I believe, right? Aiden, you didn't pick the okay. I was just I was just making yeah. sure Aiden didn't like <laughs> oh ye a little faith over here. He usually picks the uh the other team. But how are you feeling right now, Tony Catalina, with the Cowboys now being still a game behind the Philadelphia Eagles? We'll get into the NFC East player, uh the picture at least uh four weeks into the season. But how are you feeling after this dub? You know, if if you were to sit here and tell me or tell anybody really that the Cowboys would be three and one after the first month of the season, after what we saw in week one, you'd be lying. I don't, I don't think anybody really forecasted this. I know I certainly didn't. I was talking about how if Cooper Rush can go out there and win one football game, I feel like he would have did his job. Now we're sitting here with a three-game winning streak. And and you know what? These are games on the schedule that we dived on and talked about um, for a while. And we said that these were games that we thought the Cowboys were going to win with Dak Prescott. It, it just felt like everything was just going the way it was supposed to go, right? It doesn't look the same, but the result has been the same. I think we all expected this team to be good enough to get to this point. It's just doing it in a different way. I feel really good. I think this defense is defense is special for a lack of another word like this defense is is doing things that uh, is in rarefied air i mean they've given up four touchdowns in four games so the the, the this defense need all their flowers but I, i've said it from you know i've said it multiple times and on, on other airwaves and and i put it on twitter like this is where the season starts now we're looking at the rams we're looking at the eagles we're going to find out what kind of team this is over the next two weeks aiden uh Obviously, he brought up the defense, and yeah, it's been playing extra special. Um, obviously, Micah Parsons, I, I held my breath towards the end of that game. He had bent over, and I was like, "Oh God, no, please, guys, just like just take anybody. I just take my back. I don't care. Like, just don't make give take the walking ability away from me for a week. I don't care. You know, like <laughs> this, this. I don't take Micah Parsons. Um, but then, obviously, the 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 Cowboys battled some injuries today. Obviously, uh, early in the game, we lost Jordan Lewis to what was it a hamstring injury or? Yeah, he did it in pregame. Unbelievable. So it's yeah. like only the Cowboys can get hurt while doing walkthroughs. Um, so he gets hurt. Obviously, Bland comes in, has himself a day. Aiden, is that a testament to this defense that we're deep everywhere? Because everything that seems to go wrong when it comes to on the injury front or, you know, uh, you know, J-Ron Curse has been out. Like, is this the deepest defense you've ever seen, uh, you know, in a long time at least? I mean, since I've been alive, it absolutely is. Since I've been watching the I was Cowboys. Gonna, I, yes. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to paint the picture that we were so young. But yes, if yes. for as yes. long as you've been on this earth, is this the deepest defense you've ever seen? It absolutely is. I mean, outside of Demarcus Lawrence, and if we're not counting Micah Parsons as a defensive end, who's the best defensive end on this team? I mean, Dorrance Armstrong look great at times. Dante Fowler's look great at times. I mean, there's just... You can do the same with the defensive line. I mean, Gallimore's looked great. Osa's looked good. I think Tristan Hill's been incredibly underrated this season. Bahana, well, obviously injured, but he's looked very good this year. And then you start getting in the secondary where Deron Bland is making crazy interceptions when this is his first career NFL game. I mean, I just think this this defense, it's special in the way that you there's so many players that can contribute and as Injuries start rolling on, and they will because this is the NFL. It is great to have a deep defense. Tony, when he's he's talking about deep defenses and, and coming into this game, I believe they were ninth in the league overall as far as the overall defense. Are you a little bit, little bit? Now, look, I'm not going to try to pour cold water on a, a very hot team right now, three and one, and defense is playing great. Are you a little concerned, though, about this run defense? I mean, I feel like there was a couple times where 
You know, guys like J.D. McKissick shouldn't be breaking off runs. And Antonio Gibson was about to be listed as a kick returner this year before, you know, uh, you know, his uh, his 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 backup got shot. You know what I'm saying? So like things happen over in Washington. But by the way, what a poverty franchise. Everything everything's going wrong for them. And it's just the most wonderful sight and the most wonderful sound we've ever heard. Um, but like overall, like does it um, does the, the run defense alarm you a little bit? You know, it, it does a little bit. I found myself asking those questions. And when I was doing my notes throughout the game, like that was something I was kept saying. It's like, man, they look a little leaky there in the run in the run defense. And we hadn't seen that for a while. I mean, it looked like that week one against Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. but they kind of shared it up against the Bengals and the Giants. I know uh, Saquon hit one big last week, but for the most part, they bottled him up. Um, if yeah, if you want to, if you want to, it's not really nitpicking, but if you want to nitpick one thing that this defense can be better at, it's in the, it's in the run defense. And when you're playing good teams and you get later into the year, December, January, if you, if you want to play playoff football, a lot of those teams are going to have good running games. So you're going to have to get physical. So, um, I I like victories like this, right? You take, you take a win, you take a W in the win column there, but at the same time, you learn something from it. So I think this defense, even though they, they're playing, playing lights out, there definitely is some things they can work on yeah there's specifically a, a very very bend but don't break defense and they took care of business today as they have in the first four weeks of, of football I, you know you, you take the loss um aside against tampa bay and i think this defense is still playing great football so i'm not worried about the defense whatsoever now obviously you know the headlines are going to be the headlines tomorrow and, and obviously cooper rush gets himself another win as a, a quote young quarterback i know he's been in the league for a little while now uh but of course like I don't know if you guys got the same feeling. Did any of you guys catch the pregame on Fox by any stretch? Did you? Did, all right, so you didn't aid him, but you did, Tony. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you know it was almost like oh no, like the writing's on the wall? Like Aaron Andrews had a sit down with Cooper Rush, and I was like oh no, <laughs> like all of a sudden we got to worry about this crap because now the expectations are super high. But obviously Cooper Rush is doing his thing. He, he he's lacing him in there. He's he made a couple bad throws that were negated by penalties, which is, you know, worked out in our favor, which kind of never happens actually. You know, if you think about it, we're always the one on the receiving end. And I do have to give a testament to the team itself. I believe they only had like four penalties the entire game, if that. Maybe even three. I I just I know what the commanders went absolutely ham in the penalty department over 100 yards. But Tony you're looking at Cooper Rush and Dak, you know, is on the sidelines, is rooting the team on. He's got nothing but a little bit of a Band-Aid on. Is, you know, they're talking about the swelling and, and this, that, and a third. Now that this team has won three games in a row and they put themselves in a position where they're, believe it or not, tied with the New York football giants, but the Giants haven't played anybody yet on their schedule yet, so I'm not worried about that. But the commanders are sitting there in the basement, but the Eagles once again get it done uh, against Jacksonville, in which that game could be had, just so everybody's clear. You know, the Jaguars had a chance to actually win that game. Um, multiple times, but when you look at this, the headlines are going to come out. You're in the media. We're all in the media. We're looking at these, the, the cowboy. I saw people putting pictures of Dak Prescott say, anybody need a quarterback? We got one for discount. Like people are literally all over this Cooper rush hype train. Where do you stand on it going into, uh, to face the world champions who tomorrow or today, as you're listening, they square off against the 49ers on Monday night football. So clearly we'll get a better understanding of, you know, who's healthy and who's not when it comes to the Rams. But what are you doing with Cooper Rush in this in this time period right now? I want to be as crystal clear and I want to speak as clearly as I possibly can. Okay. 
Anybody who thinks that Cooper Rush <laughs> is going to play a second longer than when Dak Prescott is ready, you're out of your mind, okay? There is absolutely 0% chance that Cooper Rush plays one snap longer than when Dak Prescott is healthy. So if that game isn't here, if he's not ready for the Rams game, Cooper Rush will be out there. But the minute that Dak Prescott gets the green light, he can grip the football, he can throw it with the same velocity and strength that he needs to. The Cooper Rush experiment, as great as it's been, it's over. Okay, Cooper Rush has definitely extended his career and may not be here in Dallas. He may go be somewhere else. He might go and get some money. But guess what? He will never under any circumstances on God's green earth will he ever take Dak Prescott's job. So I need people to understand that when they listen to this podcast, if you want to tweet at me and fight about it, fight with your mama because I am fighting with you about it. Okay, (laughs) Dak Prescott is the quarterback of this football team and it shouldn't. The fact that there's enough people out there talking about it that we have to talk about is actually laughable to me. All right, well, just be sure that that started around the nine-minute mark of the podcast because I know you're going to clip that up and put that on social because that's a good, <laughs> that was a good one right there. I, I hope, Listen, I'll ask Aiden's opinion in a second, but I'm with you. Um, the, only, the only thing I can say is that if Dak Prescott is, quote, cleared to play and he gets a decent workload this week in particular, right, I think you can live in a scenario – where Cooper Rush is your starter, and Dak Prescott could be the emergency backup if things get really nasty. Like, he's not totally ready, but he's serviceable. I don't know if that's a thing that you have a $40 million quarterback on the bench as your two, and you're active. Like, you just said, like, as long as he's healthy, he's in the game. I don't know. You know, it's not – and look, I'm not rooting for a controversy because there is none. I agree with you. There is no controversy. Dak Prescott is the franchise quarterback of this team. You paid him the big bucks to go out there and win a Super Bowl. Now he's in a situation where, you know, and I said this before on Twitter, right before the game, and it got a nice response because it's like, when was the last time the Dallas Cowboys had a backup quarterback to win games in replacement? You know what I mean? Like, there's been so many times we've been through the Kyle Ortons and the John Kittnas and the, the Chad Hutchinsons and the whatever. You know what I mean? Like, all these guys that have played all these games and they've lost Brandon Whedon. You know, I was at one point tweeting out Whedon boys like because I was excited about them going in there with Brandon Whedon like there's been times where I'm like don't worry we got this and we never did it's a satisfying thing that we were able to do it you know obviously testament to the defense testament to the coaching staff testament to other things but you know it's a nice feeling that Dak Prescott can come back to a team not needing to like dig himself out of this massive hole because right now the Cowboys are serviceable right now. They're, they're, the, they're one of the top teams in the NFC. Standings are showing. You know what I mean? It's not – I'm not just saying it. Like if you look at the top, you have the Eagles undefeated, and then you have, the, you know, your Bucks of the world and the Rams, and then we're right there. You know what I mean? So I think I'm, I'm with you in that regard. Cooper Rush, um, to me, my opinion right now, as people listen to it Monday, I think he starts against L.A. I don't think there's a rush back, no pun. I don't think there's a, uh, a an urgency right now being at the Cowboys start a 3-1. If they were 1-3 and three and things look like the wheels are falling off this team, it'd be a whole different ballgame. But because that he won, I think this gives Dak Prescott another clean bill of health going into a very, very pivotal Sunday night football game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place. 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24/7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, the thing is, and I just want to make this clear because I think a lot of people on Twitter or, you know, Cowboys Nation haven't really put this together yet. The pressure to come back early is solely a Dak Prescott thing. This is who he is. He's ingrained. He's a super ultra competitive guy. He's doing everything he can to come back. They hear from Dak Prescott that he's trying to come back from the Rams. They've We've already heard Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones both say, like, now the ball is in Dak Prescott's court. When the, when the swelling goes down, when he's able to grip the football, when he's able to get that strength, he's coming back. If the Cowboys were 3-0 like they are now or 0-3, I think Dak, Dak Prescott, the quarterback, would still have that same fire to want to come back. So ultimately, he's going to have to do the right thing to what's heal what's good for his body and if he comes back early it could be detrimental to the rest of the season but but that that fire to come back is solely number four yeah no i i wholeheartedly agree it doesn't matter what the team is doing i just think it's a luxury that he can come back and not have to worry about digging himself out of a hole aiden where do you stand on the whole uh again i'm not calling it the controversy because it's not um, heading into la you know it's a big game nfc game 425 slot i'm sure they got the the Fox game of the week, or I haven't looked yet, but I'm assuming that's what it is. <laughs> so they got that game. And, you know, you have Cooper Rush winning three straight. You got Dak Prescott almost right there. Where are you, where are you sitting on this? Yeah. So first I'm going to, the last time the Cowboys had a competent quarterback who could win them games, cop out answer 2016 when Tony Romo was the backup <laughs> quarterback. But uh, I think, and over these past two weeks, I've kind of on the podcast, come across as a Cooper Rush hater. And I, I love Cooper Rush. I love what he's done for the team. He's 3-0. and I still just think he the defense has been playing so unbelievably well over these last three weeks that it's really setting Cooper Rush in a position where, yeah, he only needs to score a couple touchdowns in a game, and that's enough. So there, he's also, the one thing I'll say, and once I'm Cooper Rush is great. He's been very lucky this season. Against the Bengals, there was at least three to four passes that should have been picked that they were just dropped. Today, there was two passes that were picks that he got lucky with the penalty on. Once again, Cooper Rush, good backup quarterback. Loved what he's done. But the one thing I'll say about Cooper Rush is the fact that I think he's showed me enough to where I don't want Dak, and this might be a, a bull take because I don't really know where Dak is in his recovery. I don't want Dak back until after the Eagles game because I don't want Dak's first game back to be against 
either a a Rams defensive line that is amazing or b an Eagles defensive line that's amazing. I just don't want that. Like he's going to be under pressure all game. It's going to be a bad situation for him, and then you're only going to open him up to controversy or worse yet injuries. So I'd prefer him to come back against the Lions, where or yeah, the Lions. There's there's some um you know there's some speculation or talk about the fact that the reason why Dak has been pushing so hard to get back for that Rams game is because he understands the importance of this Eagles game and he wants a little bit of a tune up before the division game. Now that that we're not punting on the Rams and we're not thinking that the Rams are some cakewalk that Dak is in an imminent danger if he's injured, but the fact is he understands that the Philadelphia Eagles is a pivotal matchup in this NFC East and and just getting some you know getting his feet wet a little bit will help him better for that game so i think ultimately you know if you're asking me my two cents i think dak will be back for the eagles game no matter what but the real question is does he come back for the rams game and i think i'm with i think i'm with starch i don't think he does but i think that's his plan in his mind now i there's i gotta bunt that's like loaded now then now i'm loaded with questions because i i am curious to know your thoughts when it comes to aiden in specific because again you said that cooper rush was you know on the good side of luck a couple of these plays and he was like there's no there's no if ands or buts about that he's not saying like nobody can sit there and beat their chest like what are you talking about like cooper rush he's unbelievable like no like there was a lot of the uh you know like oh how did that not one get picked kind of balls right do you feel like the last two weeks if dak prescott was in there that we just completely blow the doors off the giants and the washington commanders i mean that's really difficult i we saw it happen last year. I mean, Dak was... That's what I'm saying. Like, even, he's got a nice track record against that's, both that's, those teams. That's why I'm saying, like, last year, even over the back half of this season, when Dak was, quote-unquote, struggling, we saw the injury play. He wasn't great. He still beat... He still hung, what, 40 points on the commander... 49 points on the commanders? Like, he beats the NFC East up. I think it would have been... With the way our defense played, I think today's win, we're talking about, like, a... 36 to 10 victory maybe i can't tell you for sure but that would be my you know the the old hypotheticals are always fun uh but i do want to make a programming note or at least a historical note that the dallas cowboys are now uh lifetime undefeated against the washington commanders according to rj ochoa who threw out that nugget um that they've never lost a game when they played the washington commanders in the history of the dallas cowboys so if you're a historian uh we made history this weekend just so everybody's aware um by the way i cannot believe that any part of the marketing department or any kind of staff thought it was a good idea to trot out in those black uniforms. Those things are hideous. And not only are they hideous, like I had my friend Brett Ernst, former, uh, you know, he's with me at the Jersey Boys podcast. He he went to the game and he said he walked in at, uh, you know, warmups and he's like, yo, I literally thought we were playing the Steelers. <laughs> he was like, what did I just go to the wrong game? Is it bad to say that I kind of like the uniforms? Now, granted, it's it's hilarious that they then trot out those uniforms, and with a backup quarterback, we embarrass them. It's like the red stripe on our helmet. But I, I didn't hate the uniforms when I first oh, saw them. I was man. like, yeah, those. He, he, he sh- like hey, 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 Tony, he's showing his youth, bro. <laughs> he's showing <laughs> I, his youth right there. I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really like them. You know, with the the double line border like, behind what, the name. Okay, kinda, I don't like maybe, the double line border. Yeah. That like looks, the W like, on the forehead. Like, oh, this is where the name starts, and this yeah. is where it ends. So we're gonna put a bar there, just so <laughs> like everybody's clear. This template. is where it, like, what are we doing? Yeah. It's like anyway, a word so, template. So, so obviously, it's all sunshine and rainbows, except for the fact that again, towards the end of this game, it seems like uh, 
Kellen Moore wanted to put some air under the ball for whatever reason, right? And we have a chance to kind of ice it, give the ball to Zeke. And I understand, look, I'm going to preface this by saying the running game is just wasn't there today. Okay. That listen, without Chase Young, that Washington Commanders defensive front, they're a bunch of bullies. Okay. There are some good, heavy hitting football players on that defensive line, no doubt about it. Um, and the running game wasn't working. But at the end, Tony, do you agree with the play calling of him just airing it out? I mean, I know we got one interference call, which is fun. You know, great. It never happens for us, right? But, like, are you a fan of airing this ball out and going for the absolute jugular? You know what? I, it's funny. I was watching this, and I kind of had the same feeling you did. I'm going to have to go watch it and re and rewatch it again to kind of look at it. But at first, I was like, oh, Kellamore, what is he doing? But after I, you know, kind of thought about it, I think this was like a heat check in basketball where I think Cooper Rush was like feeling himself. You know what okay. I mean? He's like, I've already hit these guys over the top. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna just put my foot on the throat here because, like you said, it didn't really make sense. Like, you know what I mean? It, we're such a run-oriented team. You can hand this ball off to Zeke and Tony Pollard and let's get the hell out of here with the win. But he was like, all right, I'm, I'm going for the shot here. I'm going Noah Brown. I'm going CeeDee Lamb. And I'm like, man, this dude's shooting threes from the corner right now because he's feeling it. But, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Not even from yeah. the corner. He, he's Steph Curry and putting this ball up from the half court. Yeah, like, yeah he's from no, the logo. Like the high yeah. percentage shot is not there. You know, no. I don't know what he's And doing. it didn't make any sense. And that's why I was like, I don't know if Kellen Moore, the low-key kind of conservative play caller, is, is banging these with three minutes in the game left. But but you know what? Like I said, I, I don't love the play call to answer your question poignantly. But, um, yeah, that's something to definitely take a look at. Something else to take a look at, and look, I, I know that, you know, under Cooper Rush, you're not going to think high-octane air assault, right? You're not just not going to think that way. But there's one position that I think that has felt um, a little underwhelming right now, and and the return of Dalton Schultz today, I thought for sure that he was going to get heavily, heavily involved, and it just didn't seem to be the case. And I'm looking at the backups, and I'm like, all right, so maybe they'll give uh, Ferguson some love or, or Hendershot. It just seems like the Cowboys weren't looking for their tight end. Is this something, Aiden, I'll start with you. Is this something that is alarming or should we be giving our boy Sean McEwen some more love? Like what, what should we be doing about this, uh, this tight end position? I think this is less of a Dalton Schultz issue and more of a, I, I do think Tony, you mentioned the heat check. I think Cooper rush really was feeling himself today. He threw for 8.3 yards per carry he wasn't going for the tight end shots. He was going for the Noah Brown 40 yards down the field. He was hitting CeeDee Lamb down the field. He wanted the yards, and he was going to use every receiver. I mean, he even went deep to Michael Gallup two to three times, which uh, that's a still recovering Michael Gallup. He wanted the deep balls today, and I just think I didn't really I, – I can't really remember any passes that I was like, oh, yeah, he's taking the dump off on that. He – he was gunning it today. He didn't. Even, he didn't even he throw didn't, that ball. He didn't even dump the ball off to Pollard enough. Like I just feel like there was no screen game. One, uh, the first one uh, from Zeke early on when he was in the flat and he just kind of took it for like thirty. That looked like it was like oh nice little design there, good blocking down the field. But I felt like the checkdown was not part of the game plan today. Tony, you agree? Yeah, and it just to kind of some, I have some numbers that kind of it tells the story sometimes. All three tight ends, right? You mentioned Hendershot, um, Schultz, and and um, Jake Ferguson. One reception for seven yards the whole game out of all three of them. Thanks. Schultz didn't get one. Hendershot didn't get one. Ferguson had one reception for seven yards. So that's more of a systemic thing, right? They, they Whether it wasn't there or they didn't like the matchup or they liked the wide receivers better. And 
that's just how the game played out. So that's interesting to kind of see if that's just like a one-off or a trend moving forward. But you're right. I think they tried to hit some screens sometimes. I just think that the way the defensive line plays in these linebackers for Washington, which they have a pretty stout front seven. I think I, I have a ton of respect for those front seven guys there, but it just wasn't there. It was weird. And I think that's why Cooper Rush had a lot of feeling to go deep because those two high safeties, you know, they, they don't like the corners. The, there's a mismatch there. CeeDee Lamb and Noah Brown and Gallup, they were having their way a little bit with that secondary. And Coop Rush was like, man, Noah Brown's out in there somewhere, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so blindfold. Yep, here we go. My God. All right, well, again, there, uh, there's not a lot of bad to take away from this. The one thing I will say is that we all kind of held our breath with Zach Martin. Seems like he's okay. He went right back. again. I'm sure he'll be limited for a couple days, and, that, and that's fine. That's normal, you know, normal wear and tear. He rolled his ankle. We saw that happen. Um, the, the play of Jason Peters, he came in there. I felt like this offensive line today, they didn't play that well. They did not play that well. And look, again, it's hard for me to say, like, hey, the Cowboys won 25-10. Why are, you, why are you bashing this team? I'm not trying to bash the team. I'm just trying to right the wrongs of this team. And I think one of the wrongs was the offensive line. Um, Aiden, when you look at this offensive line as a whole, is it something that like you would you wish there was more continuity as far as like five across, like let's stop messing around? Because I feel like there's there's times where Connor McGovern was in there and Farniak, and then this guy's playing fullback, and then Jason Peters is in there. Do you believe in the fact that they have like a rotating offensive line, or would you like to see just five across stop messing around? My thing with the front five is I just don't know what the deal with Peters is. Is is he still getting up to speed? Is he still like, does he still have conditioning that he needs to get into because he is 40 years old? Like, I just don't know if they want to use him sparingly because of his age or if it, if there's some requirement he has to hit the, because he is the best left guard, left guard on this team. When he is, when he's on the field, this team is better with Peters on the field than they are with McGovern or Farniak. And so I'd love that. I'd love them just to say, all right, our front five is Tyler Smith, Jason Peters, Biotish, Martin, and Steele. Let's roll this all season. And then now you have a little bit more flexibility in terms of you can play McGovern at that fullback role that they like to use him in last year. So I'm, I'd am i love to see some continuity. I think the, the offensive line has actually been pretty decent this season. I wrote an article about it later this week. I just Today was a really rough showing for them after a few weeks of them looking like surprisingly a great offensive line pass blocking i say they're they're still they're holding up you know what i mean like like he was a little under duress a little bit where you're just like ah oh, man you know in my mind i'm like those are the times where you're like well if that's dak he's getting out of there you know what i'm saying like so there are some things where just like eh, okay but the run blocking it's just it wasn't get we were stuffed in the back deron Payne was back there before the handoff was given the one thing i'll say about pass blocking is cooper rush so far and this was through three. This was through week three, so I'm sure it'll change after week four. He had the second fastest time to throw behind Tom Brady, so he's getting the ball quick, and he's making the pass blocking look a lot better than it is. With that said, we'll see how this goes because I, I have no idea what to make of this front five right now. Two bad so, games. So according games. to Aiden, it is an illusion, folks. Just so you know, there is an illusion that the offensive line is pass blocking well. Tony, you're an offensive uh, offensive line guy. Your your brother played for this poverty franchise a couple times ago. I'm talking about the Commanders, not the Cowboys. Um, you know, so when you look at this offensive line, are are you thinking that you know the addition of Peters? 
I almost want to say, and this is not like a bold take or anything like that, but do you think that the signing of Peters was almost like Jerry and Stephen Jones saying like, all right, guys, shut up. We did something. We did something. You know what I mean? And like, it might not have been the right move. I mean, he's in there. He had a beautiful block last week, the spring Pollard, right? And and today I saw him out there and he's a big, big boy. So I'm just trying to figure out where he actually fits. Where does he fit in your offensive line if you're the head coach? So I just want to say this and preference it. If 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 it doesn't come true, you could guys come back to me and have egg on my face. But I can't confirm it. I can't deny it. I've just heard some things that this is the week moving forward that they think they're going to slide Jason Peters in for a full workload at left guard. I think ultimately this is what the plan is. They gave him two weeks, you know, at this before camp, and then this is the fourth weekend. They kind of put him in for 20 to 30 snaps this week, and I think now they're going to put him in at left guard. They like the idea of him being the de facto swing tackle if he has to be, but the starting left guard next week is the possibility. You know, like I said, if it doesn't come true, then, you know, then my source is always wrong. But I, I say that to say I, I think that the Cowboys seen value in Jason Peters, and I do think they stumbled into something like Jerry Jones and Steven do a lot of the times. I think they really do think or did think that that Jason Peters was going to be the left tackle of this team while Tyron Smith was out and then Tyler Smith was going to kick inside, and that's what they had a vision. Tyler Smith's play, credit to him to go out there and play well and and exceed everyone's expectations, including mine. And now he played so well that Jason Peters like, hey, man, can you play a little guard? Otherwise, you're going to be on the bench. So so now him being a big body guard, which every everything you hear about is Tyler Smith and Jason Peters have gotten together like a big brother, little brother situation. And those two together has been awesome for the maturation of Tyler Smith. And I just think those two together, you can hear him and see him communicate in pre-snap and stuff when he's out there. I think that's only going to be beneficial for this offensive line because Aiden hit the nail on the head with it. He's absolutely the the best option at left guard. Like, I didn't love Connor McGovern. Nobody loved Matt Farniak. And if it isn't going to be Tyler Smith, then let's put Jason Peters out there. And I think that's uh that's what the Cowboys are going to do starting next week. All right. Well, that's the offensive line report brought to you by Tony Catalina's Twitter. So if he's wrong, <laughs> make sure you go assault him next week. Let me know. Yeah. Jason, listen, Jason Peters, if he's going to play guard next week, guess what? He might have his hands full. He might have the best player in football right lining up over him. So that's a factor be a- as well. Yeah. Wait, Micah Parsons got traded to the Rams. <laughs> I love like it. it. I love it. All right. So obviously, look, the um the, the the team played well, you know, and they got out of there with a nice win. They're feeling themselves. The fans are flying high right now. Um, obviously, the game ahead will be previewed by the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. I will get a, a little bit of a a week away prediction from you guys just to figure out what we can do against the LA Rams. I know it's, it's way too long away and the Rams still have a game to be played. So anything can happen. But before I do that, um, I want to give, I want to give you guys a chance to give a game ball out. Okay. Like who's the guy that stepped up the most and, and you can call it the obvious. You can do whatever you want. Uh, Aiden, I'll start with you who uh, today with the 25 to 10 win over the commanders, who, who gets your game ball today? I'm going to give it to a Dallas secondary member who, to me, played a very impressive game of football today, and it's his name is not Trayvon Diggs. I'm going to give my game ball to Deron Bland. First NFL start, I really liked him coming in. I think from what we saw from him today, just as good as Jordan Lewis. Now, granted, it's a one-game sample size. He's still young. He'll have games where he gets burned, but... I was so impressed with him today. The interception was great, and I'm looking forward to seeing the stats tomorrow in terms of how, what it was like when they targeted him. So, Jerron Bland's my pick. 
Nice. Tony, looks like you were a little upset when he picked Bland, so that was yeah. your guy. So yeah. who's your backup? Yeah, Durant Bland was my guy, and the fact that we were both thinking that the first, it tells you how, how his performance was. The man didn't even think he was starting until about 15 minutes before kickoff, so that that is that is uh, overcoming some adversity. But I'm going to stay in the secondary, and I'm going to stick with the guy that I didn't have making my roster like a damn fool, but I'm going to say Donovan Wilson. This guy is... He's aggressive. He's, you know, they talked about him being one of the heart and souls of that defense. And I'm starting to think it's these safeties overall because they say that same thing about J. Ron Curse. And when Jaron Curse ain't out there, it's it's Donovan Wilson out there. He's playing at the, you know, by the line of scrimmage. He's playing like a hybrid linebacker role. He's he's filling in the run plays. He's making plays in the in the passing game. The, the Cowboys and Donovan Wilson, he's just come into this role and into this player that he is that the Cowboys are so lucky to have somebody like that. And, you know, I can't say enough things about Donovan Wilson. If you believe the next gen stats of ESPN, they have him as the second ranked safety in all of the NFL right now. And, and you know, there are some stud safeties in this league. And for him to get that type of praise, uh, I got to give my game ball to Donovan Wilson. All right. I like it. Um, I'm going to give mine. Um, I'm being that I asked a question. I'm going to probably give two, uh, but I, I will, I will start. Um, with a returning Michael Gallup. I think having him back was a very, very cool thing. I think seeing him run some routes and actually catching a touchdown was such like a weight lifted off this kid's shoulders where now he's going to be able to play loose. He's got that one in the bank. Um, he's going to be playing better as weeks go on. And I think that Michael Gallup, having him out there, enabled you guys to watch as Cowboys fans watch CeeDee Lamb eat when it, the focus is not all on CeeDee Lamb. He had himself a day and Cooper Rush found him often early and for a tug um so obviously michael gallup's a big one but i gotta say this and this is this is my uh even though i won't clip this up maybe tony will for me but this is my this is my moment here to give all the praise to a guy that everybody under the sun not named or not labeled as a cowboys fan or media member were saying well you know those interceptions are cool but have you seen those yards he's given up it is Trayvon Diggs, man. That dude gives all-out effort every single play and to a fault sometimes where sometimes he will over-pursue a route and give up a big play. But you know what? Today was not that day. Trayvon Diggs was an absolute animal out there. He's, he's just one of those guys that, again, quarterbacks are going to think twice to even look over there in his area. I think that's a plan because his ball skills, look, we all knew that ball went up down the seam and we're like if Diggs is there he's taking it you know what I mean like we all knew that there was no doubt in any of our minds that he wasn't going to come down with that ball and he did that's two weeks in a row with a pick he's only going to get better he's deflecting and and the pass breakups he's getting involved in every stretch um that you can get involved as a member of the secondary and, and much to the to the praise of Adano and, and a Deron Bland and everybody that really contributed here you know, we didn't have to say Micah Parsons today. We didn't have to say Demarcus Lawrence. And they all played amazing. This defense is something. It's it's fun, man. Aiden, what's up? Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing about Trayvon Diggs I think was overlooked. Last season, Trayvon Diggs led the NFL and led NFL cornerbacks in penalties too. I don't think he's been penalized this year. The guy's just so flat out the fight, he's just flat out playing tight coverage, clean coverage, still getting the picks apparently while also defending passes and getting the breakups that we weren't seeing last year. Also, shout out to Brett Maher. He would be my second game ball winner. <laughs> money, you mean Money Maher? You put respect on his money name. And you, and you give him his nickname the way it should be earned. Uh, yeah, man, he hasn't missed a field goal. That one bad block, that was a 
you know, one of those things. And oh, shout out to the fact that he chased that man down and tackled him himself. <laughs> so Brett Maher is doing things over uh, in the special teams game. Uh, Tur- uh, Turpin almost gave us a heart attack a little bit, but you know, that, that's just, that's just the way it is. That's Cowboys football. We all know we have to panic every time the ball's in the air, but all right. So game balls are given out. The Cowboys get the win. They're three and one without much analysis, an, like almost like a gut feeling. Aiden can Cooper rush because right now, as we're recording this right now, it's Cooper rush's team for the, at least the next week in practice. If he has a good week of practice, I can't see a change being made. Can Cooper Rush dethrone the champions? Oh, it's tough. I the the only way the Cowboys are going to dethrone the champions is not going to be Cooper Rush who dethrones them. It's going to be the Cowboys defense holding them to like uh, less than thirteen, and Cooper Rush doing just a little bit more than that. My gut feeling is they can, but they won't. All right, gut feeling, Tony. Yeah, you kind of that last sentence kind of took it for me. Can they? Yeah, sure. Will they? I I don't know. It's not even really the offense that scares me because we know how the Cowboys defense is. They're capable of they've shown so far through four weeks to to stop anybody, right? It's just can our offense make plays against the Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald? Those that's a really stout defense over there. And so I'm glad that Michael Gallup is back, but it, it would take a big heroic effort for him to win this game. But if they do, man, look out. Look out, everybody else. All right, I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be that guy then. Cooper Rush and the Cowboys beat the Rams next week. By the way, in Hollywood, <laughs> in uh, somewhat prime time, 4:25 start over here on the East Coast. Cowboys are gonna do it. The Cowboys the Cowboys are rolling right now. This defense, they think they can play with anybody right now. And when you have that kind of confidence on one side of the ball, where you guys listen, like obviously it's gonna be another fun one. I think around Tuesday, Wednesday, they drop that sound to the sidelines. If you listen to these guys on the sidelines. The unit that these guys are the unity that these guys are playing with together is is something that I, I don't think I've ever seen before. So for that reason, I think the Cowboys get enough done. I think they will get it going again on the on, on the ground. I think that Cooper Rush is not going to be responsible to sit there and, and throw 350 yards to beat the Rams. I think it's going to be a collective effort, but I think they're going to do it. I, I, I truly do, and I think people are going to start taking us serious. And then, and then if you thought people were talking about a controversy now, imagine going four in a row and then having Dak saying, yeah, I can throw. And you're like, nah, it's all right. You don't have to. Um, <laughs> so, so you can just sit there. Hell, hold that clipboard. It's doing wonders. Um, but I think the Cowboys could do it, man. I, I know you guys both said they can, but they won't. I'm saying they can. I think they will. So that's just me. I mean, it'd be a good I'm, problem to maybe have all this stuff that I'm drinking right now, uh, right now is, is all water on the camera, <laughs> but it could have a heavy dose of Cowboys Kool-Aid in it. Um, so with that, I'm going to ride that into the sunset. So this has been another episode of the first and 10 podcast right here on the blog and the boys podcast network for Dave Sturcio, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis. Be sure to check out the rest of the content here on the blog and the boys, uh, either YouTube. I know they're, they're going to have a round table and then of course you have all the podcasts that lead up to next week's hopefully Cowboys win. See you guys later. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. 
Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the PropG Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 